0: My name is Quentin Crisco.
1: I'm Brenda.
2: Welcome back into the Bears Hopium Den, our summer podcast series on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer and podcaster for Windy City Gridiron. Today we're going to be talking about the topic of Bears Twitter. Now, why in the world would I give an entire episode just to talk about Bears Twitter? Well, if you write about the Bears and if you podcast about the Bears, and if generally if you're creating content about the Bears, You're on Bears Twitter. You are on Twitter. You have to navigate through all of the debris, like a linebacker trying to sift through traffic to make the tackle. It does take some level of effort to cultivate your timeline and to make sure that you're getting some good content. But after a while, it does become a source where you get information very quickly. You will know signings faster than you would if you were just updating websites regularly because... It becomes instant. A player says, hey, I'm going here, or the agent says, this player is going to go here. You know that very quickly when you're on Twitter. You would have to wait a little bit more time to find that on a website for somebody to see that, go and write an article, and then publish it. And by the way, they publish it pushing it to Twitter as well. And so in our society with that instant gratification, Twitter does really help that. Um, There's downsides of it, of course. I think that it holds enough presence in my life and the life of many of my colleagues that I thought it might be interesting to just have a couple people that I have met through Bears Twitter come on to the Hopium Den. We'll talk about the things that we've talked about with everybody else, and then we'll focus on that particular topic. And so today we're going to be talking with Quinton and Brenda, a couple people again that I've met through Bears Twitter. Quentin and Brenda come at Twitter from a very different way, but they both also have some similarities in, in why they're engaging in Twitter. And they came to social media to find that network of Bears fans and to share their thoughts and to learn and to, get, and to get more knowledgeable as fans. And so there's a lot of difference between these two and there's a lot of similarities. And I thought that that would be an interesting juxtaposition to bring those two on to have a conversation about this. So welcome to episode four. Episode five will uh, drop next Wednesday, and we're just going to keep moving through these conversations that I had all summer. Again, we're still planning on 10 episodes. Episode four starts now. Quinton speaks first.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Buckestats, um, right for ONTAP Sportsnet and podcast for Shaving Points Podcast. I've been a Bears fan since I saw Keith Trailer return a ball 60-some yards and not get the touchdown, but get the oxygen tank on the sideline.
1: And I'm Brenda. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Brenda J Weber, As are all my handles. Um, I'm based out of Iowa, and I've also I've been a Bears fan my whole whole entire life.
2: All right. So, origin story. So every superhero has an origin story. Every fan has an origin story. I want to know why you became a Bears fan. Like, what what was the you know path to that? You know, was a you know your your family. Brought you into it, or you know, you dated somebody, or you know, you you like the colors. I don't care, um, you know what the answer is, but like, and I find the origin story very interesting. So, so Q, you mentioned uh, trailer uh, tractor trailer running down the field, but you know, let's you know a little more. What, yeah. what's your origin story as a Bears fan?
0: Yeah, so I mean, my dad was a giant Bears fan, and so with the the Keith trailer stories, like that was that two thousand one season. Was when I was first starting, to, you know, really get get into football and like pay some more attention to it. But I wasn't at the point where I'd sit down and watch every game, no matter what. And I, I had something better to do that day. I remember probably like playing Grand Theft Auto or something. Who knows? But um, I I just I was in the basement and I hear from upstairs my dad just dying laughing, and I'm like, what's going on up there? What can be so funny? I go up and see you. I thought you were just watching football. And I have seen these replays of Keith trailer and then I just I didn't miss a game for the next few years after that. I just watched every game with him from there on out.
2: It's just like trying to find somebody to take the ball from them. And they're all like, yeah, it was, it was incredible. (laughs) It was,
0: you you couldn't stop. Like it was, it was hysterical. Just handing it off, handing it off. And then with the face mask on the sideline, it was just great.
2: (laughs) And I would have been watching that in a dorm room in college, but you're watching it at home at what age?
0: Oh, I was 11 years old at the time.
2: Young, young. And Brenda, I don't know if you even remember that game. So
1: I'm not, no, I'm trying to place it in my mind. And I'm,
2: yeah, I'm starting to feel old. All right, Brenda, what about what about you? what What's your origin story as a Bears fan? So
1: um, I've been a Bears fan my whole life. My dad's entire family is based out of Chicago. I still have family there, like in Chinatown and stuff. Unfortunately, when I was a kid, my, my parents split up young. So I would go visit my dad's on the weekends, but we would drive back on Sundays. So I didn't really get to watch. Any football mm-hmm. games as a kid, I watched a lot of basketball, um, but it wasn't until I got into high school and then college that I really started to pay attention. And then I just I didn't miss a game. My ex at the time it was a Vikings fan, which we <laughs> knew it shouldn't have, it never should. <laughs> so I take pride when whenever we beat the Vikings. But my husband was a Colts fan when I met him, and I turned him into a Bears fan. So now. It's just all bears all the time, every chance I get.
2: (laughs) Guys, conversion. Oh,
1: yeah. He turned me into Hawkeye fan, so I feel like it's a very fair, you know, type of trade there. That's a nice trade. Yeah.
2: I mean, I I grew up a Hawkeye fan myself. Uh,
1: My husband and I used to joke um, back. He's a Colts fan because a bunch of Colts players or a bunch of Hawkeye players went to the Colts. hmm. But we had this joke when we first got together that um, we would watch the Bears until uh, it became postseason or playoffs. And then we'd watch Colts because the Bears would never be on. (laughs)
2: They're hibernating.
1: Yeah. Hibernating. (laughs) Oh, like that.
2: So the the next question kind of rolls into this. So what does this team mean to you? So it, this can be like your day-to-day experience you know you, you got a lot of gear that you wear does it you know does it really just ramp up in the fall or is it something that's all year round is it very meaningful for family connections or relationships
0: or friendships you know like
2: just like on a on a real molecular level what does this team mean to you
0: it's actually kind of a tough question to really think through i mean uh, the first place i'd start is just my family, with my dad, it's something that we're, we're always talking about, always, you know, just anytime we're on the phone or in person, the bears somehow come up eventually. But from a day-to-day standpoint, it's just, it's something outside of anything going on in real life. You know, it's something that is always there that you can kind of get some entertainment out of, get some some time away from whatever you might be dealing with and it's like football i love football you know it just i, I don't know if that, that's a good explanation i don't know if i can really explain it. it just always it's its always pulling me back the second i step away from it
2: uh, football in general or or, or the, bears? The, the
0: bears the bears yeah, yeah. Okay. i mean f- i think football would kind of even if even if the bears just somehow ceased to exist i'd still be a big football fan but i wouldn't put the, the kind of time that I put into it now it wouldn't be the same kind of return for me personally. You know, it's just, uh, it, there, there's a personal aspect of, it's almost like I, I I get so much enjoyment out of seeing them do well and really getting to know everything about these players, these coaches, and uh, the, the schematic side of it and trying to, to see it through their eyes whenever I can, that it's just, it, it's, it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for the bears.
2: Brenda, what about you? How would you describe your relationship with the Chicago Bears?
1: I've always loved them. Like I said, I didn't really start watching and paying attention until I like I got, you know, maybe the high, late high school, early college level. Um but then it became like everyone knew I was a Bears fan like a- across everything. They knew I was short and i was a bears fan (laughs) (laughs) and so it was it was when bear season would come around like my friends would mute my twitter because i would just (laughs) constantly during games and and now i've i've come across this i've really engaged within the bears community on twitter and so that's been a nice um thing to really to have that because i it, it's always just kind of been me. Like, my dad still lives in California. My husband likes the bears, but I don't have anyone else that's, like, bears except for Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even my ugh, my kid, he's my stepson. His other family likes the Patriots, so it's, like, this constant, like,
0: ugh. When he started with a P, I thought that was going to go an even worse yeah, direction. Oh, so. no. Oh, <laughs> I would have,
1: like... When' we even join the family? <laughs> yeah, it could be it could be way worse,
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll get into the Twitter stuff in a little bit, but I think that that you know, finding that community is important and is. and you know, as long as we well we'll get into that question later. So this one's an easy one. So or, well, maybe it's a hard one, but it's the fun one. I'll put it this way. So, favorite player, and I want you to answer it two ways. One is your favorite player of all time. If you're Uh, no one will ever answer this, but, um, you know, if you're a nerd and you like to, to read the history and and you listen to like my podcast series about bears history and you're like, I just love Bronco Nagurski. That's a, that's a fair answer. But if it's, you know, someone that you saw growing up that, you know, had you fall in love with the team or someone that, you know, is, is recent, but I want you to answer this with your all-time favorite player. And then I need you to tell me on the current roster who your favorite player is.
0: Yeah. So all time, I think it's, uh, if you if you ever seen me on Twitter, it's kind of obvious. My name is Buckus Stats. My name is not Buckus. So Dick Buckus is – I mean, I never got to see him play, obviously, but I just – I love the stories about him, the legend behind him. Like, I love watching uh, the old clips and players talking about what it was like to play against him. It's just he – I feel like he embodies everything that is the Chicago Bears, what he did on the field uh in good and bad ways but he's i i just think he's the perfect linebacker and exactly what i think of when i think of the chicago bears on the current roster i probably have to go with eddie jackson i know he's Mm. been beaten up by the fan base the last few years and and some rough tackling but i i still think he's such a talented safety and the more i've kind of started to watch coverages the last year or two and really try to understand them better just to see the things that he does out there is, is it's impressive. And it's, it's hard to unsee after I've started noticing it. So just his versatility out there. And it seems like he's really bought into the new staff with the real uh, team first kind of mentality, which you love to see. And that's, that's why I think he's at the top of the list right now.
2: I want to follow up on the Buckus answer because you never got to see him play. So, right. so how does that, and, and you, you know, you've know, you gone so far as to name your Twitter account after Buckus. And did Buckus follow you when he was, well, him or his son, whatever yeah. it was, was briefly active on Twitter? Did, did he yeah. end up following you?
0: Yeah, he did uh, fairly early. I somehow, when I first saw it, I was just like, maybe this is really him. I'll retweet it for him when he had like a hundred followers and he followed me right away, I was, uh, it, it ended up actually being him. So I was, uh, I was pretty proud of that one.
2: So, so how did, how did you come to that decision that like this guy that you hadn't actually ever seen play, this would be your favorite player. Is it your dad's favorite player or like, was it just like purely NFL films?
0: No. So my dad's favorite player is probably Singletary. Cause he, mm-hmm. he, he was in his twenties and the eighties and, Loved watching Singletary. Um, it's really NFL film stuff. Uh, you know, I've gone down the YouTube rabbit hole many times in my life on Dick Buckkiss. And just the thing that always stands out to me is the sheer, like, respect that all, everyone they talked to played against him. That everyone just, it, it's, there's no question that Dick Buckkiss was great. You know, that he was, and, and the tackling that you see in the, in the limited film that you get. And it's just, you see him making like one handed interceptions and then taunting the guy with the ball. Like, it's just, it's great. It, I mean, it's stuff that you can't even do with the NFL anymore, but it's, I, I love it. I just, it, it, I fell in love with those, those videos I found probably in high school. And just ever since then, it's been Buck kisses. He's, he's, he's the top dog.
2: Cool. Brenda, what about you? What, who's Who's been your favorite all-time player? And then who, who's the guy on the roster now that you're into?
1: All-time? I'm really torn between Urlacher and Peanut Tillman. When I really started watching, we had such a good defense. The Monsters of the Midway, I just, I loved it so much. Originally, I would have said Urlacher, um, but I think Charles Tillman has grown even more on me as of as of recent. And then, on the current roster, I'm gonna go with Roquan Smith, just, again, just impeccable tackling and just seeing an amazing defensive player in Chicago. It just warms warms my heart. <laughs> like, oh, maybe we'll maybe we'll get it back. <laughs> next next
2: question is, how do you watch games? So you know some people go to all the games uh some people like to watch them by themselves you know isolation chamber because you know they they don't they they can't be bothered or some people like a lot of people people like to go to the bar so you know how do you watch games and then rituals like you know do you wear the same shirt if they win you keep wearing it or you know do you do you like to you know do certain things with your you know you got a sock thing, whatever. Like there's, there's always some sports rituals that come with being a fan. I'm curious if you, if you've carried any of those.
0: So how I watch games, I am an absolute hermit on Sundays during football season. I want to go into the room I'm in right now where I got two TVs. I can put on red zone on one and watch the game. I want to watch on the other and, like take some notes if I, if I choose to, and just fully focus on the game and not be distracted. Um, I, I started that started doing that maybe four years ago and I've just I've really enjoyed watching like that. Before that, I was more watching with other people out at bars and stuff. Um, but I found that I just I really like the kind of solitary aspect of it. As far as superstitions go, they kind of change year to year depending on what's working. Because I'm obviously the reason the Bears are winning or losing, so you know <laughs> whatever I'm doing, I did something wrong. But <laughs> like in uh, in 2018, I think I wore the the same shirt almost every time, and just like little things like that, like you know, have I if they lose the game, it's like did I just wash this shirt? why'd I do that? <laughs> like, you know, stuff that makes no sense, but it, it's so, something in our brains as fans. is like, that's why this happened.
2: <laughs> what about you, Brenda? What's your ritual? And, and uh, how do you watch the games?
1: So uh, the way I watch the games is I like to just like me and my husband or me, my husband and my kid. And sometimes my kid, I have to kick him out. Cause he, talks too much through the whole thing and they're like you go play video games or something like you're distracting me (laughs) um but i like i can't have friends over again i don't have bears fans here that i can like we can all just watch together so um i like to just watch it by myself any of my friends don't even like football enough for me to invite them over i went I went to a Super Bowl party. It was my neighbors. I love them, but no one watched the game and it drove me crazy. So I have to I have to be able to watch it and pay attention and see what's going on and tweet at the same time, which is also obviously so important. Um, but <laughs> as, as far as rituals, I try to always wear a jersey and I always have, uh, like last year, I always started with the same coffee mug that says like bears mom on it and I have to watch it in the same room like I can't I can't leave like if I started it somewhere if I started you know wearing these socks like I can't change I can't I like I started it and I have to finish it like the whole way through like I don't know I'm like Nagy, no halftime adjustments ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um but that's That's probably it. And that's just kind of how I've, I've always been. I've always been pretty superstitious as far as um, watching any sports, whether it's like even basketball, I always had to do during the bulls games. I had to make sure I commented the eyes and the red circle to, you know, right before every game, I had to make sure that I did that, even though, you know, it obviously didn't help.
2: So what jerseys do you have?
1: I have three and they're the only three like I've ever owned. One is an Erlacher one. And it was like the first one I got and I was so proud of it. Um, and it was like the real stitching. I was so excited. Um, and then I have one that just is white and it says Brenda. And then I wore that one to the very first Bears game I went to. And then they were also selling the um, like the throwback, like really dark navy with the The 40s yeah Yeah. um and so i ended up getting that while at the game and i changed before the game started and that's like that's like my go-to jersey now that i wear pretty much all the time well during every game
2: who's who's jersey
1: uh it's a number seven it's a custom so i don't so that i can keep wearing it
2: (laughs) oh so it's just your lucky number
1: seven is my lucky number it it, you know it's a happy coincidence that it's a retired number. So.
2: You know who it's retired for, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm blanking on the name. That's why I was stalling. Oh.
2: Well, <laughs> George Hallis.
1: George Hallis. yeah, okay. And, it was and Hallis. Then, uh, Papa Bear.
2: And then, so. uh, uh, Ed I'm glad you didn't turn
0: him. that to me.
1: Because
0: oh. <laughs> I didn't have an answer.
2: <laughs> well, what's funny is that they... Alright, so here's uh, the nerdy... But the the nerdiness of it all is that Hallis wore number seven, so he would have played you know, I think through like 1926 or something. Yeah. I mean, they're, they, but he never wore that Jersey. Right. So, so when they came out with those throwback jerseys, the guy that actually would have worn that Jersey is Ed Sprinkle, who is a fantastic deep dive. He's, he's like Buckus, but you know, two decades earlier. Um, and he's, he's this like crazy dude, uh, you know, just mean defensive end. And he was like the first real pass rusher in the end in, in the NFL. He would have actually worn that that style of jersey with that number oh. seven, and then they t- retired the numbers later. So, so it's actually yeah. two Hall of Famers with that number. So it's, that's a it's a pretty and cool me. and so you. I mean- so three Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next question I have is about the stadium. So one of the big off-season stories is you know, Bears moving to Arlington Heights. They've got land acquired. You know, they're looking to build a new stadium. Obviously, new stadiums going up all around the NFL. Bears are an old stadium, smallest capacity stadium, you know, giant fan base, giant city. So question to you guys is, does this matter to you? Are you in favor of a new stadium? Do you think that's a good idea? And what would you want to see with it if they do end up building it? What's your feelings on
0: leaving Soldier Field? I... I'm in favor of it, absolutely. Just the extra income that they can generate, that being able to upgrade their facilities for game day for players, that can't hurt anything. I, I, I don't know what the facilities at Soldier Field are like. Obviously, the ones at House Hall are very nice, but the game day facilities, I don't know. Um, but I would also be lying if I said it didn't hurt me a little bit. The thought of them leaving Soldier Field. Growing up, I I, I was always so. It's still to this day just so proud of Soldier Field for whatever Chicago pride reason I have. I just the the, the flyover is just gorgeous right on the lakefront. There's so much that I've just always loved about it. And It'll suck to see them leave there, but getting better turf. Better, a better locker room facilities there, and more income to the team to be able to do more spending as in some capacity. It might not always be under the salary cap, but more spending that can help the team out is something I think I'm for. And I just I would love to see a Super Bowl or a Final Four in Chicago. And I know that Chicago, like Chicago, is the type of city that they're going to be wanting wanting to come to. If they have the ability with a with a new big stadium there, so yeah, ultimately I'm for it uh, with a little bit of disdain towards the thought of it. But
2: Brenda, what about you? you? You you traveled back and forth to Chicago, so did you spend any time in Soldier Field? Does it have a special place in your heart, or are you uh, ready for a new stadium?
1: I, I do feel since I'm not a true Chicagoan that I I don't have a you know, I'm not able to really weigh in on this. I obviously a new, a new stadium would be amazing. And like, like you said, the, the money that it could generate and upgrade the turf. And like, if I could go to a game where it's not freezing, I'm not built for the cold. I hate the cold. So that would be great. I mean, we don't, the bears have never done well in cold weather anyway. So that doesn't factor in, um, not having such a, you know bad you know, grass that we all sl- they all slip on and you know some of those things would be nice and i th- i think it would be great to have a new a new stadium um and the thought of of having like a super bowl there especially since chicago chicago is a huge city it's a top 5 city like how how do they not have something that's just incredible they should they deserve it the people deserve it so i those those are my thoughts but i've only been i've only been to soldier field once it was amazing i loved it i will forever treasure it but it's also because it's the bears and i will follow the bears wherever they go
0: yeah fun fact i've only so i grew up about 20 20 to 25 miles outside the city I only went to Soldier Field once when I lived there. So it was so hard to get tickets and so expensive and just like, right. you know, I, I lived there for 18 years. I only got there once. So that's an upside of the new stadium, adding that, adding to that capacity.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, cause there's so many other stadiums that are, have so much more room and, you know, the thought of, of having more, spaces especially for people who want to get like season tickets like that's just got to yeah, be insane and impossible right now with with how small it is
0: the, what's the, the wait list is like multiple years isn't it I, or, I, I guess it's not years it's a number of people that
1: need to <laughs> yeah get behind. people die it'll go to their kids and if they want to sell them
2: All right, so this is the the theme of, of this of this particular episode. And I, and I wanted to bring on a couple of people um, that I've interacted with on Bears Twitter that I didn't have in a different show. Thank you for doing this. And I want to talk about Bears Twitter specifically because I find myself spending a lot of time on Twitter. I have to, I think, as a writer and a podcaster, content creator, to share my stuff, and it's a way to interact with people. And occasionally, you get to interact with national writers. Not that that happens very often, but you know, every once in a while, there's there's some you know overlap. And you guys are both better at Twitter than I am, if we look at numbers. And so um, I think it's fair for you to speak with authority on you know how you know how you interact with with this sometimes terrible and sometimes fun website and you know what it what it is in your daily life and and what this bears community that's on twitter means to you and and how you interact with it so uh q what why are you why are you in the hellscape of bears twitter
0: (laughs) so i'll go back to when i started the account a few years ago um at the time i was just a lowly guy posting random original content on the bear subreddit and just doing that for you know no real reason just because i like the bears and i was starting to build up so much just stat content On my computer that was like man I gotta do something With this or I gotta delete it and I don't Want to delete it (laughs) So it was I I just kind of thought like Maybe I'll just make a Twitter account see if it picks Up any traction it it just started out As like something to see if I could Kind of you know build any Following there maybe get into writing Or podcasting or whatever else Might come with it and it, It became so much more than That like the Bears Twitter is just it's so supportive of people who put out good content and it there. It's so people just jumped on so fast to following me, sharing my stuff, telling other people to follow me that it was just, I mean, I, I don't even have words for it. It was incredible. And it, it, it means a lot to me the way that it did blow up because it, it's still to this day, you know, it gives me a lot of purpose to what I enjoy to do. Beyond just my enjoyment, you know, it's, it's my enjoyment. I'm helping other people on or trying to help other people understand the game better while also learning the game better myself through it, through finding questions that I wouldn't have asked myself that someone else asked me, you know, and digging into that. And it's bear Twitter. Like you said, it can get rough sometimes, but for the most part, as long as I've found, as long as you keep it respectful, and mute the accounts who aren't respectful you get by great
2: (laughs) brenda what about you
1: (laughs) so um originally i started tweeting about the bears with a different account right out of college and some during college and i got a lot of feedback it was it was really cool like i said my friends that weren't interested in football would mute me because they'd be like, Oh, it's Sunday. Like Brenda's just talking about the bears and what's going on in the game. And then um, I kind of stopped. I I continued watching, but it wasn't until really this last year. Sorry. I really got into Twitter again and I'm so glad I did. And I just, I just kind of started tweeting very similar to what, I was already doing or what I had done in the past and it just there was like such a a bigger community than what I had before Um, it was just amazing and again every so so supportive I haven't had to deal with the what I would normally deal with as a woman talking about sports with Bears Twitter like at all Um, like there's been you know, some outliers or like people that don't follow me might have a comment or two, but really it's just, it's been supportive and people encouraging me to tweet more and get on podcasts and stuff like that. So it really not only, you know, helped fuel my love for the Bears, but it gave me a place to to talk about Bears football that I, again, I didn't, I didn't have whatsoever. My family... It's it's really just my dad that that I can talk to with football, and he's in California. So, and then you know, my husband, and that's it. None of my friends care about football; they they all suck. (laughs) I was gonna say any better friends. Yeah, I know. Well, it's you know, like I'm not from the area, and also I just stay at home all the time. It's so. Like I'm not helping myself in any way whatsoever as to why I don't have friends, but I have Bear's Twitter. And what more do you need? Don't go to Bears Facebook. Bears Facebook is a (laughs) show. Bears Twitter at least kind of knows what it's talking about sometimes. It is there's a balance, and if you find kind of the a lot of the people that like I get to interact with on like a regular basis are all wonderful human beings. But it's not just full of that. It's full of everyone. And so you, you kind of have to take the good with the bad, but
0: it's it kind of like one of the things that I've had a hard time with since getting on Twitter and like uh, starting to get a following and like ha- having what I say matter a little bit, like is for most of my life, like I kind of looked at it as like, I, I I'm going to have an opinion but then, like, I'm gonna trust the guys who are doing it. So, like, when when they drafted Trubisky, it was like at first I was not happy with it, and then I started talking myself into it, and kind of getting out of that mindset and being able to find like reasoning behind my opinion more and being supporting my opinion more has been it's it's been a kind of a tough adjustment for me over the years because it's you're putting yourself out there. Little more, mm-hmm. you know. You're not. And before that, it was my my thoughts were kind of. and I mean, that's why I I believe Trubisky was the guy. hope I didn't like the pick, but mm-hmm. I was trusting him. And I could I could squint and see that think I see what they see. So let's see if it works out. It was kind of my mindset. But now it's it's kind of like if I'm out here putting out content. I can't take that stance. You know, I need to tr- really try to form an opinion mm-hmm. and explain it, you know, which is, it's just, it's just a different
1: standpoint.
2: You gotta be, cause you're going on the record.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's firm with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a different, yeah, it's a different world. I don't know that my opinion matters, but you know, I'm on multiple <laughs> podcasts all the time and, and, yeah. they, and they get not, downloaded. Not say, so it's
0: like, well, not to say it matters. Yeah. Even if it's just three people. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to,
2: I just want to create. Yeah. Like good content that elevates the the, the discourse, you know, and doesn't get in, yeah. in, in mudslinging and, And or the like extremes like this team sucks they're terrible they're going to be awful or they're going to be great because i love them and and i'm just going to will it into existence and it's like (laughs) and it's like well you know okay like i i feel like we can at least offer some some fair analysis of of what we see and i watch so much football that it's like why why not make this into something a little more and i like to write you know i like i do the math stuff too but i just that i did it's not that's not the only thing i want to (laughs) do you know, right. like, like you are, you've got your niche and Jay Wood's got, you know, and
0: yeah, I just, no, trust me, I, I don't take that in any negative way. I love the math. <laughs> yeah. No.
2: And, and I, I like the graph. I like making the graphics yeah. and I like, you know, I, I just want to make sure we're, we're not going too far with just the analytics stuff. Cause it's not baseball, yeah. you know, and, or when we get into like, Hey man, not, not that you do this, but like, Hey man, PFF grades, you know, have this guy, this, and I chart it and it's like, uh, it's a black box. Yeah. Is it replicable? Like I, you know, I, I get my scientist in me yeah. and I can't, you know, I can't help myself.
0: Really. That's one of my goals in most of the stuff I do is to try to try to bridge like logic and understanding of scheme and concept and film and how it all works together with the math. Because I, I like just the analytics standing alone. They don't really stand up very well. It, it's right. all meant to be work together, you know? Right.
2: Right. That, and that's a worthy bridge to build, um, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I want to ask just a, a, one follow up on Bears Twitter and then we'll move to final thoughts. But someone that's not on Twitter right now that's listening to this podcast, would you recommend that they dip their toe into the water and, and try to find this Bears community?
0: Yeah, I absolutely would. Like I like I already said, it's very supportive of quality content. Whether you're a content creator or not, it's just a fun place to be. And one of the things that I I kind of find in it is there's a lot of just funny content within it. So if you if you just if you like football and just want some laughs, it's there. But if you if you like football and want to learn as much as you possibly can about it there's also a lot there for you too. And there's a lot in between all of that. So it's a great spot to be a football fan. It's a great community to participate in.
1: No, I a hundred percent agree with that. It to be able to talk to other people while the game's going on before the game, after the game. Um, see the news is so instant um, with Twitter, um, which is good or bad, but but like you said, being being able to learn um, from Twitter, that I think that's been one of my favorite parts. Is I'm I only know what I know, and being able to interact with other people that that know more than me or have different insight than I do um, has been really beneficial. While watching the games, you know, just seeing things uh, through a different perspective. Um, I, I didn't play football except flag football. Um, because my mom wouldn't let me because I'm only four foot nine. Um, I cried wow. I wanted to <laughs> so bad. Um, but so I, I don't have uh, some of some of those things that that other people do that the insight and so trying to get it you know secondhand at Bears Twitter is just great. and I think so the com- the community is wonderful also. Um, I don't feel I don't feel like I can ask dumb questions. I don't feel like my opinion is not is unworthy on there um and there is good discourse so uh, all around i feel whatever it is that you're looking for you can you can find it with bears twitter
2: all right so final thoughts um take it where you want you want to talk about this season you want to talk about near future far future you want to talk about just your thoughts on being a Bears fan um how much navy and orange you have in your closet i don't care but whatever (laughs) it's open to you final thoughts
0: so I'm gonna take you back to something that was kind of mentioned a little bit earlier with um, the kind of the culture that Nagy built, and this was something that I, I started to worry about in like probably a little too late, but not that I could done anything about it. But in 2021 was like I started to think this through as like, and not to say that I'm a big John Fox fan or anything, but John Fox ha- can build a culture of holding players accountable and playing disciplined football. See. Maybe that was Vic. I don't know, but it seemed like Nagy inherited that and it worked out great in year one. And every year after that started sliding a little more and a little more. And it's one of the reasons why I do like Eber Flues a lot for this team is I think he's a guy who's going to bring that accountability instantly and that discipline and uh, hold players up to his standard. And if they're not, Bring in players that will meet meet his standard. Um, so that's one thing I'm excited to watch this year: is see the development of young guys, see how guys grow, see how the team just grows all as one, not as individuals. Um, I almost, I almost, I know it's kind of cheap to 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 keep mentioning Lovey just because it's a cover two guy. When Lovey, in Lovey's first year here. I don't know, there's what 2004. The Bears, you know, that they, they started off rough. They Rex Gross went down like week one or week two, and they had no quarterback. And it was, Thomas Jones still got a thousand yards somehow. And they were winning some games down the stretch that didn't matter. But you could kind of see that team form. You, you like they beat, I remember they beat the Packers on at Christmas Day, I think it was, or Christmas Eve. And it was like they, Shouldn't have beaten the Packers that game. But some guy that – some linebacker that no one had ever heard of named Lance Briggs got an interception. And that's that's where this stuff starts, you know. So that's something I'm excited to see this year is these young guys who are hopefully going to be the guys that we're eventually seeing as Lance Briggs that we know now. Something that I'm really watching for this year. Great.
2: Brenda?
1: Uh, to to go along with that, just hearing Lance Briggs' names like fills me with so much happiness <laughs> to, to think back to that time. I think I want to say it was the 05 season, it was the 06 Super Bowl. I mean, we had three quarterbacks that season. And just imagining that that team there, but with like, I don't know, someone competent or like i don't know just one quarterback like the whole season that played all the way through with the team like that would have been incredible and i i i just it's it's all new you know we have we have some new guys obviously all the staff is new and just what what could be you know it's it's so exciting to what as to what this could turn into you know it's not it's not like like, last season was so depressing. Like, just going into the season, knowing that Nagy was still the coach, that it was – it could only be the, the same thing over and over again. It was just sad. Even even bringing Justin Fields in, you, kn- you knew it had uh, – it could only go so far. And so I think I'm just so hopeful for what what this team could become – and, and like you said, like you know, is some of these players going to be the next Lance Briggs? And again, and again I, I love the defense, so I just I I always go back to them. But that's this true habit
0: of a Bears fan.
1: I you know, and it, it is it is. That's that's why watching like when I again watching Colts games with my husband, it was like, oh, it was Peyton Manning just throwing the ball while willy nilly? <laughs> And, and the defense is doing nothing because they don't have to. <laughs> As Bears
0: fans, I think we're all Buddy Ryan when he said, what was it? The quarterbacks are pompous uh, and they deserve to be hurt or something like that. That's a Bears fan.
1: That's yeah, what Bears that's fans think. think
0: about their quarterback a lot of the
2: time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His ideal game was a two to nothing win. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. No, but I, I think there's there's a lot a lot that can be accomplished, um, you know. Even just the the what we're hearing out of, you know, rookie minicamps and OTAs is just it's just um, it's so exciting. The unknown, it's all unknown um, because they've never we've never had this this team, this staff, this coach. You know what what could happen? It's who knows. So I and that I I I feel like that's the the part of me that it, it's getting rid of being so sad and depressed about that. It's just well, we know it's not gonna be worse so but yeah no, I'm just it's just excitement. I'm just I can't wait for this season to start. I can't see wait to see what these guys really can do even just the first couple games, you know, what they're capable of with this new regime. And then come, you know, the, the final games of the season, where, where they'll be at in comparison to where they started. Just, just excitement, just excitement right now. Cause we're, everyone has the, the same record today. <laughs> we have zero wins, all of us, but zero losses.
0: Easiest time of the year to sell hope.
1: I oh, yes. It. God, I'm so hopeful and excited. But, you know ask, I don't know, ask that question again after the first game and see where I'm at.
2: <laughs> and that was my conversation with Brenda and Quinton from back in May, talking about Bears Twitter and everything else about being a Bears fan. Really want to thank them for their time. Really good conversation. If you're not on Bears Twitter You know, maybe look into it. I can't guarantee that it's the right thing for you. And if you have avoided that particular social media, I totally respect that. And maybe that's the best choice for you. But there are a lot of good people on Bears Twitter. There is a good community there. And I think that if you find that community and you're willing to sift through some of the other stuff, block some people, Uh, do what you have to do to to cultivate a a good timeline uh, with it. It can be a valuable experience and it can be a a community that helps us all grow together as fans. So I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I had recording it. If you are on Twitter or are going to join up, find me at gridironborn. I hope you guys are all enjoying your summer and until next week, bear now.